Cyril. What a beauty! G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Lechdog. It is the 11th of the 4th we're recording this while the tribunal sits and with me is Hatch. Hatch, how are you? Lechdog, I am perfectly cromulent this fine evening. Uh, I'm, I'm just, just feeling Speaking fine. Speaking of cromulent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, shout out see- to today's sponsor, Patch. Yes. Yes, indeed. This is a video pod for those listening at home. We have just stood up to reveal our new cromulent teas, um, which are beautiful and gorgeous and good friend of the show. Uh, Troy has put them together um, and they're, they're available for purchase. They're good quality. They're, they're good fun. They're good times. Um, I am wearing a Mr. Sparkle t-shirt. Um, and like dog, you are, you are worker and parasite. Extraordinary. What the hell Beautiful. was that? <laughs> so uh, they are good t-shirts. They are sponsoring us. Cromulent Tees. You can check them out on Facebook, Twitter. I'm assuming Instagram at Cromulent, C-R-O-M-U-L-E-N-T-T-E-E-S, Cromulent Tees or CromulentTees.com. They have t-shirts. They have mugs. They've got the Simpsons-themed AFL mugs, which Troy made a few years ago. You can use code CREATE10. For 10% off. Now, I wasn't given permission to release that code, but Troy, hopefully it gets you some sales. 10% off. The website, cromulentees.com. There's heaps of shirts. Not just saying this, really good quality shirts. We've actually used these shirts when we made merch before. People loved it. I still wear those shirts. And, yep, there's mugs. I think there might even be a couple of footy-related T-shirts that Troy made uh, over the weekend. So go there, cromulentees.com. Check it out. Tell them we see you. A new Machido Owens shirt in anticipation of his uh, his inevitable rising star nominee, which uh, might might be out uh, during the recording of this podcast. And if it is released and it's not Machido Owens, then what the hell are they doing, really? What I love about these shirts, so I love the products and the brands within the Simpsons world, and this is that. This is the products and brands from within the. It's not just a picture of like Homer or Bart or whatever. It's like the Flying Hellfish logo, which is great. It reminds me of the Draft Doctors podcast I did a couple of years ago where we drafted in the universe Simpson food products, which was amazing. So anyway, cromulentteas.com. Use the code CREATE10 for 10% off at checkout. Patch, let's talk about Supercoach because there's plenty of news flying around and plenty of people are freaking out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd much rather talk about cromulent teas for an hour. Uh, or 45 minutes because uh, it's not looking all that rosy in the old supercoach world, especially not in the back line. Who would have thought starting one premium and, and five rookies in the back line was a bad idea? Not me, no siree. Um, a one mid-pricer, but the mid-pricer is about to get suspended for two weeks. Um, yeah, it's not good. It's no bueno. Shall we start from the top? Shall we start Sam Doherty um, as yeah. the, the big news from the week? My condolences to you, a Carlton fan on the news. It's all right, mate. Um, it's all right. Uh, it just means Lockie Cowan gets more game time. 
Um, no, so Sam Doherty knee at four to six weeks has a tear in his meniscus. Uh, it's bad news for the Blues, although it does answer the question who's going to come out when Sam Walsh comes back and Matt Kennedy and James, a- uh, not James Ash, uh, Blake Akers, all these guys. But it is a concern. And for super coaches out there, it's a concern because if you started him, he's lost ca- a lot of cash and he's going to be out for four to six. So you have to trade him. On the bright so it'd be harder side, it to trade him. It gives you an to excuse anyone. to trade him without any guilt, though. Because I know a lot of people it are going, oh, I started him, I want to back him in, and what if he turns it around? And you now have that excuse. You have the, the blessing of the super coach gods to trade him, to, to get rid of him. But yes, as you said, he's, he's lost a little bit of value. A little bit of currency yeah. is no longer there. Not ideal. Interesting that starting a player over 600k in defense didn't work. Weird. Crazy. Mm, who, uh, with no the exception, one. of course, of Jordan Dawson. One out of five, I guess, worked. Congratulations, yeah. Jordan Dawson. You're amazing. Well done. well done. I just want to quickly touch on it. James Sisley has lost 44K. Jack Sinclair has lost 50K. Tom Stewart has lost 32K and missed time. And now Sam Doherty has lost 78K. So anyway, mm. someone said that that would happen. Let's talk about trading 525K patch. Our favorite thing to do, obviously, if you can trade into Jordan Dawson or Adam Saad or Nick Dacos or like one of these guys, do Luke it. Ryan. That's fine. Big Luke shout Ryan. out to Luke Ryan for starting the season on fire, averaging 127. Um, will it last? No. Will he average 105 from here on out? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah I think that's yeah. fair. Uh, all those guys, like you can, you can kind of trade to them. Jack Sinclair, you probably wouldn't trade to straight away. One thirteen, averaging one hundred and one, but has a break even of one fifty four, so he's going to lose. Get, he's going to be even cheaper. Tom Stewart is a fifty k jump. He's probably a reasonable pick, despite only averaging ninety two for the year. Remember reasons, injuries, blah blah blah. Yep. Um, but yeah, let's talk more like, fun picks, Patch. Yeah, there's a lot of straightforward picks, a lot of sensible picks. They're probably the ones you should do. We're going to have our have our fun. You mentioned Adam Saad, who's a, a really fun option. Um, I remember somebody in the pre I can't remember who. Someone in the pre-season was saying Jake Lloyd would get back to to a 100-point average this year. Do you remember who that was, Lake Dog? Who, oh, who said that might happen? Remember. I can't quite remember. Was, Whoever tweeted was it, it is a bloody genius. L, L Dog? No, that's too obvious. Was, no, that's too it, obvious. Mr. Lech D, I think it was. Yes. Uh, yeah. Who said that? Uh, yeah, he scored 120 on the weekend and he's averaging 103. Uh, that's fun. Yeah. Well, 104. Let's give him full credit. Uh, 103.8. Uh, yes. Look, look, 100, 102, 93, and 120. He's been good. He's been good. Four weeks. It's too early to say he'll average 100 for the year, but it's looking good. The heights of him averaging 130 plus are probably behind us, but at 520K. He's got the role, he's getting the points, and he's going to make a little bit of cash over the next couple of weeks. Mm, speaking of someone who might make some cash, my trade-in for the week who shattered I didn't start him because I was on him all preseason. Uh, it's good for the brand. Brand has been built around Mason Redmond. Um, 2.7% of sides, 128 on the weekend, averaging 101. Um, has been very good for three weeks and been very bad for one week, and the very bad was the week Essendon lost. He will probably be very bad in the weeks Essendon loses. Um, I will let you make up your own mind about how many weeks Essendon will be winning and how many weeks Essendon will be losing. Uh, but we're three and Beaten one. Hawthorne, Gold Coast, and GWS. Coming up, they have Melbourne, Collingwood, Geelong, Port Adelaide, Brisbane. Richmond. Richmond. Yep. Uh, yep. So I'll just let people make up their mind. I love Mason Redmond. He's a value selection. However, often the reason Essendon are winning is because he's playing well. And when they lose, 
becomes a little bit harder for him. Yes, and I suspect he'll be getting a lot of attention after being very good to start the season. Damo's pick from last week, who he didn't back in, regrettably. Nick Haynes, 400k, scored 117 on the weekend. He's now averaging at 96. I was at that game on the weekend, Lake Dog, and he looks back. Yeah, it's a, it's it's very much out of the mould of the Jake Lloyd thing. What what once had once once was at the top has returned. I was going to try and make a Jesus Easter joke, but I decided to bail during the middle of it. Uh, yes, Nick Haynes getting lots of marks, which means lots of points. Patch, lots of points, hundred and seventeen of them to be exact. He was peeling off. He was playing too. the third tall. Very very cheap. I wouldn't expect him to be any more than a d6 like you're bringing him in as a no. value option to be either your last upgrade or to kind of sit there on the pine you know sit there in that last spot during the year so if you've already got someone you reckon will sit in that role if it's like a will day or someone then he'd probably be less likely and ditto ed richard seems like a fun pick averaging 93 likewise isn't going to be there all year and Trent Rivers is a really interesting one, averaging 93, mm. 124 on the weekend. Really soft run coming up for the Ds, excluding this week's very tough top four opponents in Essendon uh, with kind of uh, Richmond, North, Gold Coast, Hawthorne, Port and Frio. Depending on how you rate Port and Frio, that's a decent extended run of of sides where he could kind of run, run around a little bit. Um, one for the very bold out there listening. Yeah. I'm probably steering clear of anyone in this 400k range myself. Like, you know, Jacob Wadering averaging 90, Nick Haynes averaging 96, uh, whoever you just said, and while I zoned out, uh, while I was thinking about myself. You would never zone out while I'm talking, like dog. God, no, I wouldn't. Thinking about LA. (laughs) I'd never talk over you and have to edit that out in the podcast every week as well. The 400k at Mark's weird. The one in that 450k range, though, Will Day, I really like at 101 because he's playing. He's essentially playing what the what Warple. I thought Warple would be playing in terms of role. However, Patch. Mm, yep. He's currently facing a suspension of two weeks. <laughs> Which I look. We won't talk about whether or not it it should be two weeks. It feels very chuklotto at the moment. But he, if he's out for two weeks. And so if he's out for two weeks, you obviously don't trade him in. If you've got him already, you know, be it you started him or you've just traded into him, do you hold for two weeks? No matter what. I think he's going to miss one week no matter what. So that's a hold. And normally two weeks is a hold. Uh, Break even to 14, 450K, averaging 101. If he scores 101 next week, when he returns, he's going to jump up another 40k up to 500k in price like it's a risk to trade him it is um there i mean we'll talk about we'll talk about rookies being rested later because there's a bit of carnage in the back line where it could potentially be looming that maybe maybe ruben jimby gets rested um but we'll we'll let's burn that bridge in a little bit when we talk about rookies because they're, they're all over the field there's another big injury from the week where a lot of people jumped from Darcy Cameron to the trusty, solid, reliable Toby Nankervis, who doesn't miss games and has been pumping out good <laughs> scores. And what did he do on the weekend, Lech Dog? He, uh, what did he do? Syndesmosis. Syndesmosis. Yay. Yeah. Um, so uh, I would like to apologize to anyone I suggested bring him in. He was a, uh, he was a good pick. I thought he was a good pick. I didn't think he'd get injured. It's hard to predict, but uh, he still popped up the 97 for those that bought him in. So at least there was a little bit of points. It wasn't like a Max Gorn zero, but goodness me, 
not ideal. No, and you could have done you could have done what I did and instead of going Tim English, go I'm going to go Riley O'Brien and watch him get dominated uh, all week. So like it could be worse. You could have done that at least. Nank, I think Nank scored, didn't he? Yeah, Nank scored ninety-seven. Great, love it. So love it. Went up, Shout went out up to Ross Lyon, by the way. Shout out to Ross Lyon. Rowan Marshall scored one point less, ninety-six. Uh, he was on 96 essentially at three-quarter time. So thanks, mm-hmm. Russ. A lot of people captained him after uh, Jared Witts missed the weekend with calf tightness or calf soreness or whatever it was, the little niggle that popped him out of the side, popped him out of the side, if you will, uh, leaving Ned Moyle to make his debut. We thought Roma would go nuts. He did. And then Ross was like, nah, we'll, we'll take you nah. off. So nah. Witts didn't play. Assuming Witts is back this week, you, you obviously hold him. Um, yes, Asafa Radaglia played well for people that didn't have a, a donut on the bench in their ruck line. <laughs> Miraculous! So, so points, eighty-eight to points. Gee whiz! Ugh, just what the doctor ordered. So if you've got name collect dog, at risk of repeating what we were speaking about last week, if you got the cash, you probably go up. If you don't have the cash, you're going sideways to Grundy. Yes. Now the only downside with Grundy, by the way, got told he was a bad pick, even though he pumped out a one forty four. Understand the reasons for him being a bad pick. Uh, Max Gorn in the latest injury report listed as one to two weeks. One to two so weeks. Is that it? There's some risk there, particularly if we miss the one forty four and the thirty one k price rise already. However, Brody Grundy is very affordable. Big question marks over the return of Max Gorn and what it does. I actually think Brady Grady's not going to be scoring 140s. I actually still think he's going to score fine. I think he's going to be scoring 100-ish when Gorn returns. Interesting. I Yeah, I think, obviously, for the next few weeks, he loves playing Essendon, often beats up with big scores against Essendon. They've got him this week. Um, yeah, I'm intrigued as to what he does when he gets back, but if I'm in that position, I'm probably going to the man that a lot of people traded out in Sean Darcy. Um, he's I'm that with you. cheaper. Tiny bit cheaper, averaging the 98, but he's had, what, 138 or something the week before, 41. coming off a 125. Um, he's, you know, 96. Aside from that one game against North, where he, he scored 41 and was putrid, he's he's been what you wanted. He's been doing yeah. the thing. He's still getting all the center bounces. And Luke Jack's just kind of running around up forward and, and chopping out a tiny bit, but no more than Rory Lobb was. I, I think it's he's a fine pick. I think he's good. Yeah, look, I'm the same. I didn't totally understand the trade-out. I can't remember if I had him in one of the cheat sheets or not. I cannot remember, but I I never really understood the trade-out panic. I know he had the 41 and the 96, and it's easy to say in hindsight, but, yeah, there's not really been question marks over his role. So I think he's a good selection, and I think, obviously, the other one, Jared Witts, if he plays, which it sounds like he will, is a great selection as well. If you've got the cash to go up, I'd say avoid everyone. I mean, I'd say pick any of these guys except Riley O'Brien because he's the one in my team, and clearly he's bad. Obviously, evidently. Um, Luke Jackson, an interesting one, scored 98 and 107 in his last two after a pretty average start to the season with 61 and 57. I, I wouldn't go there, but hey, I yeah, he's an option. He's, he's probably closer to averaging this than he is to averaging what he did in the first two weeks, but... I don't know, just thought I'd just thought I'd mention him. Got Gold Coast this week, so that could be interesting if Wits is still out. Well, I've got Bulldogs fans telling me Jordan Sweet's going to return to the side to free up Tim English a bit, which I actually think would be even better for his scoring, if I'm being honest. I don't think he even needs to be at the ruck to score well. He's so freaking good. True. I mean, obviously Bevo, helped, could, Bevo could play him on the wing. I mean, 
Yeah, he plays everyone else on the wing, by the way. Uh, so they're the main ones. They're the main ones we need to address was the ruck and the defense. Was there any big midfield injuries? I don't believe there was. Um, no, I don't think so. I guess so. we just got to watch watch this Will Day thing. Uh, I know for sure I'm going to be trading him in when he's available. So that's interesting. And another one that I want to watch, Patch, who only played sort of like half a game of footy, Elliot Yo played and was subbed out, as was the yep. plan. Just want to watch him. Just want to watch him. I'm also going to try and potentially find a way to get Tom Stewart into my team this week at 570k. So that's sort of where my mind's at. I'm looking for value still, value relative to output. Um, yeah, Elliot is one I'm going to watch because he might be he might be 350k and real cheap, and yeah. he could be good the next two weeks. Anyway, yep, had, one had to watch. 57, 57 on the weekend, so certainly didn't set it alight, but also had to play basically fullback. Um, so. That was not a fun experience for him, I don't think. Um, I've seen rookies. a few people trading in Mitch Duncan, by the way, 486k defender, 116 on his return, which uh, is interesting. That's my simple note. It's interesting, and I'll wait a week to see how he goes again. Yeah, 116 on the weekend. Yeah, I, you know, having the first two-week sample size of Hawthorne and then West Coast probably doesn't help, but certainly one to keep an eye on, that's for sure. Let's talk patch as you were alluding to, rookies. But I actually want to go to trade-out rookies first before we look at rookies to buy because I think it's right. an interesting discussion. I'm not exactly sure how we're going to do it, so I'm just pulling up my... I'm going to go to about 300K players. I'm going to search sort by most traded out this week, and we're just going to go through them because there's some interesting discussions. Like Liam Jones, right? Bad on the weekend. Bad. In my team. Hasn't done the thing like... I mean, we didn't really think he'd do the thing, but hasn't done the thing. But break even is 36. He can what's hit he that been, break What's even. he been averaging? Uh, if you include his five in round one, 48. So his break Excellent. even is, has not quite reached his average, but like a 45 gets you very little cash. And also a 45's really bad. His high score for the season is 76. In the preseason, he obviously had that ton. I have no issues with trading him, but it's an interesting discussion. Where do we start to cull these guys? Because the it feels like the value of the rookies is rising way slower than the value of premiums is decreasing. So we need to make calls on guys before they're fully fattened to try and bridge that gap. So the most traded out guys this week, Liam Jones, Cam McKenzie, Matthias Philippou, Olwen Davey, Ben King, Finn Callahan, Josh Goda, who didn't play, Ruben Jinby, all these guys have very, very achievable break-even still. And in the case of Oliver David, a negative break-even. Yeah. I think so, yeah, we kind of alluded to it at the top of the show, but there's, the, you know, a lot of rumours, a lot of discussion about some of these players being rested. Like Ruben Jimby was being flagged by Adam Simpson as someone who, you know, looked tired on the weekend, could probably do with a spell, um, which, you know, be it a week off, a week in the waffle, a week as the sub, which I suspect a lot of clubs will manage people doing. Um, Cam McKenzie's had his role thrown around a little bit. He's had, you know, a lot of CBAs in round one and that steadily decreased to, I think, at least halfway through the game on Monday, it was zero CBAs. I, I don't know if he picked up any afterward after that. Um, a little bit of concern there about that role. And he also, you know, only four rounds, but could well have a spell too. It's just, it's a little bit concerning about, whether or not they they will be able to continue to do the thing um, long term, 
I, I, Cam I don't... It looks mm. like he attended one CBA in one round CBA. four. There we go. Um, yeah, it's it's an area of concern. It's it's an area of concern. Yeah. And then we've we've got a few guys coming through that that could be, you know, could be cash grabs, be it you know basement bargain, uh, basement bargain uh, rookies. <laughs> as I stumble over myself, um, bargain basement rookies. Or if it's mid prices that have absurdly low break evens, and we all know that they work a hundred percent of the time and could never, ever blow up like Joel Lamardi did on the weekend. Yeah, Joel Lamardi. Don't want to harbour on that too much because I know you're very sensitive about him. But an issue that his break even is now fifty six, and that his scoring has steadily declined. And if you look at it as a pattern, he's going to score negative forty this week. Which is not good for your super coach scoring. No, no, that's or a his lot hit his break super coach even. price. Uh, oh, by the way, we should shout out your boy Paddy McCartan. Just horrible, just horrible. Oh, just, just awful. While I'm thinking about him, Poor yeah. Guy. So, Amadi Party is one where it's like if people traded him, got a little bit of cash, and now they're freaking out and they should trade him out. And I think they probably should. I think it's a weird one, right? Cam McKenzie, role being thrown around, scoring has declined, break even is still eighteen. You hold him, he's going to generate cash. He's not going to score less than 18, you'd think, unless he's the suborder. But Joel Amati, his break up is 56, and I'm not confident that he's even going to hit that. I'm not even confident that he'll remain in Sydney's team for that long. So he's one you could trade. So it's almost a case-by-case basis. But where do we draw the line, Patch? Is it when is it standard old cash cow rules when their break-even hits their average, we trade them? Or... Do we have to go early on some of these guys because they are all being really slow burners? I don't, I don't know. What do you think? I, th- I think the answer is annoyingly a case by case basis. Of you know, there's not really, you know, who who are you looking to trade out? Is there a, a rookie you could trade them to? Is there a premium you really want? If it's you know your your Tom Stewarts or you know you really want Tim English and you're tr- trying to trade out Doherty or Nank and you you just need to find the cash from somewhere, I think it's maybe okay um to to look at i think getting in a primo you can pretty much do whatever you want yeah i i think you know i i'd certainly prefer to hold guys like jimby or or mckenzie or davy or, or any of these guys that are still going to generate cash you look at your your joel amartes who are making less cash now that you know i was I was still I was expecting a sixty bracing for kind of a fifty. Was not expecting the twenty odd we got on the weekend, which yeah. is caved in his cash generation. And then there's the risk risk that even though, you know, you look at someone like Cosy Pickett who has a brilliant run coming up, there's every chance he he, he drops a, a thirty because he's a small forward, and sometimes mm. they do that. And as much as I've, I'm really interested in him as a cash generation tool, he's not someone I feel overly comfortable bringing in this week. So I would. I'd, I'd be probably, yeah, as you said, prior, prioritizing premiums, prioritizing guys that you think are going to be there by the end of the season um, because there's no one really that's jumping out at me as a, as a mid-price option that's that's going to make a lot of cash really quickly. And I have just been very burned by yeah. uh, by Amadi in that maybe it's maybe it's not the best move, even like a Max Michelini who scored 103 on the weekend, break even with negative 45, but you know, he's, he's 240K. He might yeah. score sixteen on the weekend, and suddenly his his value plummets. Um, it's just, yeah, you, you can move these guys on, but there, I think there's merit in in just kind of holding and assessing for another couple of weeks, just as as they continue to fatten. 
Well, let's go through a few that we can move on. So James Warple, break-even, is now 80. I jumped off him last week. He scored a 75. So he actually did gain 10K this week. But I reckon, see, the hard thing with James Warple, as I'm talking through it, if Will Day is suspended for two weeks, I think James Warple goes back to get scoring 100 for two weeks. Yep, yep. That's a tough one. But I'm very comfortable jumping off James Warple and going to a premium this week. Uh, Break-even is higher than his average. Asterisk could double ton or ton over the next two weeks if Will Day's not playing. But he's one I'm pretty comfortable moving on. As I scroll through this list of guys, geez, there's a lot of nothing, isn't there? There's a lot of nothing. There is. There, there are Flanders, a bunch of guys. Owners, they should have moved him last week. Uh, you've got a, a list in front of you. Why don't you name some while I pull some up? Um, well, I was, I was looking at the guys to potentially bring in. Um, but looking towards the guys that you need to move out if I scroll past all of the guys that haven't played very quickly. Oh, yes, um, I should be filtering guys who haven't played. That's smart. You, um, but like a, let's, like a Ben King, right? Ben King is absolutely a trade. You just cut your losses and you trade him down. I had him on the bench. I think he scored 20. It didn't work. The theory that he could come out and potentially score a ton because, you know, who else is going to kick goals for them didn't work. At some stage, he's going to do that this year, but hey, I'm happy to cut bait on him and just go down to to a rookie. Uh, and then all these other guys. Yeah, we talked about your McKenzies and your Ginbys and whatnot. I want to hold them, even if they rested for a week. I want to hold them because they're going to keep making cash and they've shown us that they can score. It's a really, really difficult. I just want and the I... rookies to all be Sheasel. I, why can't they all just be Sheasel? Why why can't they be like you know their 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 brother? Why are they the older, bolder, fatter son of the rookies? Mm. It's just it's very very upsetting. I, I and I think the other side of the equation is you look at the guys to that you'd be bringing in, um, where you know if you're trading out, you know you're trading out Jim Bay out of your midfield and you're bringing someone up from the forward line to bring. What in about like, like a Jacob. Finn Callahan or someone? He's, he's yeah. like, if he's a bit meh, isn't he? 260k he, breaking 48. He's quite meh. He's a bit but, meh. Can, but like in terms of who you're bringing in to, to replace him, you've got, you know, Jacob Van Ruyen on the bubble, negative 71 break even, but he's a, he's a key forward. Melbourne have a decent run. So maybe he, you know, I think he's a good trade in, but outside of that, you don't have a lot on the bubble. You've got Tyler Brockman at Hawthorne, small forward playing for Hawthorne, scored 25 on the weekend, could average 25. You've got Samson Ryan, Nankervis is out for a little while. I, I don't know if he plays as the number one ruck. Soldo's two weeks away. They're going to have to play him um, with Lynch and Nankervis out. Does he score? Probably not. Probably not a lot. Um, mm. You know, a lot of these guys... Johnson are, Clark, I don't even know who that is, but he scored 80 and his break is negative 26, but elevated price point. Don't really want to jump on. Yeah, but there's just not a lot there that, that is enticing me to... To, to jump on and to to really invest to to bring in someone to to you know to to make us cash and I think in that case he's better off even if someone like Jinbi you know is dropped but then comes in as the sub and comes on at the last quarter and scores twenty I I think I'd rather a twenty on my bench and Jinbi then coming back the next week and and averaging seventy than going to like Tyler Young in in the back line. No, 142k uh, scored 61 on the weekend has good job security negative 31 break even i'm not i'm not hugely excited by that no no i'm with you i think sometimes and it's hard because you want to be aggressive particularly if your rank slipping 
I'll look at my rank and I don't really know why I scored badly this week. I can't really piece it together, but I did. I scored badly. I don't really, everyone kind of scored okay, which I guess is an issue. Uh, but it's really hard for me not to go, oh, I just got to triple trade my way out of this. But there's not a lot for me to go to. Like, I can't go to Ned Moyle. He's never going to play again. Dylan Williams debuted for Port, but I, I feel like they're going to be flaky on him. There's just, yeah, it's like Van Ruin or Bust, basically. Yeah, and I, I certainly with Melbourne's run, I'd be advocating for people to bring Van Ruin in if you can do it from, you know, from one of these guys we've talked about that that kind of aren't doing it for us, then yeah, but I also don't think it's um I don't think it's a a, a massive pain if you miss um Jacob Van Ruyen. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, he's probably better than a zero and he's better than someone who's Ben King, but that's about it. Like yep. there's I mean, Toby McLean, he's 178K. He should come back in that team. He had about 47 disposals on the weekend. But again, I'm not super comfortable bringing a guy that's already been the sub and already been dropped. Yep. It's just, yeah, it doesn't. It's not a great week for trading, despite the fact that there is value in the premium. So I guess my where we've landed after this conversation, my standpoint, Patch, is if you can afford to bring in a premium for some of your rookies, I think you do it. But they can still generate cash, and it's only like the super value guys I'm after, or the guys who I think are going to be out of reach the following week. Like, you know, Tim English. If you don't get him this week, he's going to be like 700k in a week. <laughs> you know, he's going to be really hard to get to. Tom Stewart is going to be really hard to get to if you don't get him this week because he's probably going to jump up another 20, 30k in price. So those guys. But I'm kind of a, a wait and see this week for the most part. And the benefit is that if we go bang bang next week, we've got positional changes. We've got Harry Sheasel as a defender. We've got you know, Josh Bruce if you've got him as a defender. We've got Nick Dacos potentially mid eligible. We've got guys that you know. We've got more swing sets that open up. We've got more to play with next week as guys become available in different spots on the ground. So I I think there's merit in just kind of just holding, just just treading water for a week. And I know it, I know it hurts. I know that, you know, you, your rank might be slipping, but I think, like, my rank just kind of all over the place, doesn't know what it's doing. I I think there's value in just trying to settle down this week. Um, but that it's said... It's not. Hmm? Yes, it's not a bad point. It's not a bad point. And the, the fact that DPPs are coming next week is an interesting one. So, I mean, does that actually change anything? Does it, like, if you're a Zeeble owner... And you go, oh, I've got Liam Jones. He's been pretty shit. Oh, I could go up to like a, I don't know, an Ollie Florent or a Will Day or something, assuming Will Day plays. Are you better off just waiting a week, as you've said, swing Zebel down into defense and then grab like a a forward or something that is that we think are going to be harder to get. It's a very interesting point you've made. And I don't know what the answer is, but it's an interesting point. Yeah, I, I like you know. You look at the Jones example. Jones isn't going to, you know, he's not going to make a lot of money. He's also probably not going to lose a lot of money because there's not a lot to lose no. unless he, you know, goes down for a five after a, a head knock or something like. You know, I, I think it's you. You can just tread water if you want this week, and I think yeah. that's fine. As much as you know, you've, you've got some of this injured, you got to trade them. I, I don't think you'd need to be hitting the panic buttons, um, but that that's, said, it's. It's a good thought as well, right? We're talking about, we started the podcast talking about how the defense 
is a bit of a worry with Day and Doherty and Jinby and stuff. But if you can get through this week, a lot of people have Jack Siebel. Pretty much everyone has Harry Sheasel. That you're going to move two guys averaging one averaging 99 and one averaging 115 straight into your defense next week if you want. And then you swing all your mid forwards forward and then you're just targeting mids. Like, while this week is a, is a rough looking week, next week you might end, you, you might finish your defense next week with the swing set of two players. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, there, there's merit sitting around. You know, if you're, if you're facing with a donut this week and, you know, there's, there's the chance that we may have a savior right in. And in that case, I'd be looking to potentially go Liam Jones to Lake Dog, the man, the myth, the legend. They said he didn't exist, but Will Gould. And explain to everyone why Will Gould will be an option because it's not a fun reason, but it no. is a reason. No, Paddy McCartan and Tom McCartan are, both had concussions on the weekend, um, which awful for both of them, but Paddy especially. Um, you know, thoughts going out to him with his history of it and how innocuous the knock was that sent him off. Um, Lewis Malican is apparently injured, who is the Tom McCartan backup, um, and they don't really have anyone else. Dane Rampey <laughs> is still there, still uh, averaging 100, apparently. But beyond that, Aaron the, Francis and Will Gould are, we go. are it. The disrespect um, on Aaron Francis's name from you. A, a toxic ex-Essendon supporter, ex-fan of this man. <laughs> Well, look, I, I think I think Francis comes in for McCartan. I think there's that that's a pretty like for like swap. Francis is good. He plays an intercepting role. McCartan is good, plays an intercepting role. Tom McCartan is the more lockdown. Yeah. I think they, they do need someone that can stand yeah. in and stand next to someone and just punch the ball away and will gould. Maybe not is as tall, man. but is that man? Um is that uh, is that legend? It's gonna be great. I hope he does get named. God, we just want to pick him. We just want the chance just, to pick we him. We just want him. We just want him. Um, God, it'd be good. And him him debuting in Adelaide would be just something really nice. Being from Adelaide, spent, you know, knocked back offers to go back there, tore up the sandfall in his draft year. God, it'd be a feel-good story, really. It'd be fantastic. It'd be fantastic. And I just want to shout out as well, uh, while we're talking about fantastic things, Luke Cowan is probably a slight beneficiary in terms of job security. Uh, out of the Sam Doherty news. So if you're an owner, I know a few people disappointed with his 50s that he's providing, but he's probably not one to trade. Just looking through the, the people percentages of trading out, he's probably no. one we want to hold just no. because he's alive. And there's every chance he does similar to what Asava did, similar to what Fergus Green did, and pump out a, a 70 or an 80. And that's enough to get him to 250, 300K. Like that's, that's Asava getting there, you know, barring a 20-odd. That, that's all it takes for some of them. So the, there's merit in the patience. Yep. Uh, I reckon we've just about exhausted all of our conversation points, Patch. I reckon we've uh, we've nailed it. It's going to be a an interesting week. It's Thursday footy again, but it's basically Ooh. footy 24-7, all from South Australia. It's, gonna, it's like one game into another, into another, into another. So teams are going to be getting named emergencies, laid outs, laid ins are going to be getting named for the next team halfway through, like on the Friday, like halfway through that first game. So it's yep. basically we're being asked to be switched on 24-7. And you Which need to I be, hate. otherwise you'll have a Jared with zero. I hate that. I just wish it was a hard lockout. But anyway, that's not the well, world. you know the solution in. to that, Patch. Storm the Herald Sun officers. Yes, Lechdog, <laughs> I know. I'll get yes, my pitch for We it. are... I'd like to say this, that cromulent tease is 
entirely endorsing us to storm the Herald Sun offices. Cromulent teas is part of the mob. <laughs> get out there. Get your Cromulent teas from cromulentteas.com. We'll storm the Capitol, we'll take the Herald Sun buildings, and we will capture Tim Mitchell until he changes the lockout rules. Uh, Use code CREATE10 for 10% off. Patch, it's been a pleasure inciting. uh, What is it? What what is it we're inciting? Mostly just violence. Mob mob violence, yeah. Mob violence. It's been a pleasure inciting mob violence with you and talking about the... uh, the Blues and the Supercoaches and the Essendons. It's very good. Yes, and and I assume other football clubs were included, but I've now forgotten that they all exist. Um, doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. It's been a pleasure occupying the top rungs of the ladder with you for the early bits. Uh, I will see you in a couple of years when Essendon slowly returns up to that end of the ladder because we'll be dropping off very quickly. But until then, go Dons. Go Blues, and remember to watch the video version of this on YouTube. Just search Jock Reynolds. Go Blues.